the aim and the message and the goal of the story is to be able to talk through. There are a lot of things that we don't get to understand. And we're going to, there are going to be times you, you might sit in questions, um, especially related to loss. And those questions are hard and heavy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then what do you do from that? So it doesn't necessarily get resolved. You know, he goes into the dark forest and the bubbles pop and you see that he disappears or what you know of him mm-hmm. disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, but those bubbles, then you start to recognize the bubbles, the light from those bubbles and the other pages, they're just dispersed. So we mm-hmm. wanted that to be a way to kind of talk about sitting in those hard moments mm-hmm. of loss. And then what next? How can you look and see the impact um, and see that they're those important pieces are still with you and around you and you can learn to identify them Mm. and move forward and you get to carry a little bit of that light with you. That is Haley Blauert and this is the WellMind Podcast. Welcome to a very special episode of the podcast. In addition to the typical audio format, there is also a video format available on YouTube. Listeners may enjoy checking out the video version because we've included some visual images to accompany our discussion. You can find a link to the video version in the show notes. My guests today are Haley Blauert and Jason Jasperson. Haley is the author of a new children's book entitled Stars in the Sky, and Jason Jasperson is the illustrator. Both of them joined me in the studio to talk about the upcoming book, the journey they both walked over the past three years to bring this story to the world, and the life and character of the man the book memorializes. This is not your typical children's book, but a work of literature and art. The book speaks to the importance of community and connection and faces the issues of mental health and grief and loss in a way that can help children and adults reflect on their own experiences. This is an important book And I hope that the next hour is as impactful for you as it was for me. Here is my conversation with Haley and Jason on Stars in the Sky. I have with me in the studio today, Haley Blauert and Jason Jasperson. Thank you guys so much for being here and coming on the WellMind podcast. Uh, This is exciting for me that we get to do not just an audio format, but a video format as well. So I think the topics that we're going to be talking about and some of the the imagery that we're going to be looking at together just lends itself to being able to uh, have some video to go along with this. So thank you so much for for both of you being willing and, and able to come on to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, awesome. So at the beginning of the show, it's always just good, I think, to help you guys introduce yourself to the WellMind community. Um, and really, it, it's just a little bit about kind of your background uh, and where you're at right now. And then we can dive into the project that you guys have been working on for the past few years with the book. Um, but I think just, yeah, getting started, Jason, I don't know if you'd be willing to kind of take that first stab and and just kind of fill us in about who you are and and where you're at now. Okay. I'm a professor of studio art at Bethany Lutheran College. Um, I also do 
commissioned artwork and I have done uh, on the side freelance commission artwork for 20 some years. And, uh, and I'm here because I illustrated this book with Haley and, um, and because uh, we, we have a mutual connection to the story. Yeah. Yeah. And we're definitely going to get into that for sure. Um, so has like been doing like producing art, is that something that has just been always present for you, Jason, or is this something that you've kind of grown into? Well, that's a nature versus nurture question. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm very interested in that. I, I could talk for a couple hours on that question. Um, but I think I grew up in a, a creative household. My parents are sort of why not makers. Mm. They just feel like you can make things. And I was surrounded by, by a lot of people who just worked with their hands, mm-hmm. uh, had kind of novel ideas. Yeah. So, so this is something that you grew up just seeing in the people around you. Yeah. And some of that just carried over into your own development too. I think so. Yeah. And then, you know, some, some key moments sort of sparked a flame that really made me chase being an artist Mm, mm -hmm. and and i've put in countless hours yeah to to develop different skills Mm -hmm. yes talk a little bit about that when you say different skills because you know we're today we're looking at illustrations for a book Mm -hmm. but i think there's lots of other mediums that you like to work in what what are some of the different artistic formats that you use um, well, I love oil painting. I do landscape or portrait oil painting. What we're doing in the book here is a traditional Japanese sumi ink painting, which I learned from my grandmother. Uh, I do monumental bronze and cement sculpture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do some light animation, sand animation, um, and a lot of other miscellaneous media mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i get uh i get distracted easily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um tell me again what what uh the the name of the artistic format used in the book what is that? sumi a sumi a sumi okay. uh means black okay a is image okay so so really I, the production of these was just with black ink on really? paper, okay. a very absorbent paper. Okay. And then I scanned and added color uh, on the computer. Got it. Okay. Okay. And you said this is something you learned from your grandmother. Yes. Yeah. There sounds like sounds like there could be a story there. <laughs> there is. She's Japanese. She's a painter, and mm-hmm. so we had we had some really good mentoring moments when I was in high school. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. So th- this. Uh, probably feels like there's a little bit of a connection to her when you're producing something like this. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's in the back of my head when I'm moving that brush. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So we'll talk a little bit more as we get into a kind of why this medium and, and this style for the book and those Mm. kind of things. But I want to hear a little bit from Haley too. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your background. Sure. So I'm currently a kindergarten teacher in North Carolina. 
Uh, born and raised in Minnesota, though, and have my undergraduate degree in elementary education and early childhood education, and then went to grad school at uh, the University of Minnesota, mm-hmm. Mankato, oh, for okay. experiential education, and that's where I met Jason. Okay. So, and the real life Robert, who we'll mm-hmm. meet in a minute here. Yeah. But um, so, kind of early childhood, that's where my passion area lies um, professionally is studying development, attachment, community connection mm-hmm. um, in those mm-hmm. early years and how do we develop that positively um, and give kind of the best start to life possible again yeah. with those little ones. So it's kind of where my passion lies. Um, and I've been teaching between kindergarten and preschool for the past seven years. Okay. So. Okay. And you said all like all of that's in North Carolina? I, I've been there for three years. Three so years. I started okay. my teaching journey here in Minnesota okay. and then moved out there for a chance to teach at an experiential education based mm. school. Okay. So that. Tell me about that. Well, it's a charter school and it's new. And when we did the program, when we were in the program together, um, often, so <laughs> the thing about experiential education is it can be applied in so many different situations. That's just the nature of it. It's Mm -hmm. a methodology, a philosophy. Mm -hmm. So you can have a diverse um, range of backgrounds coming in, seeking that education and applying it in their fields. However, there weren't too many that were doing it in elementary or within a charter school or a public school branch. So um, when the school opened up in Greensboro, it felt like an opportunity to see Mm -hmm. how it could be applied in a public school setting. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a leap of faith just Mm -hmm. to pack up, move out there and see what it would look like um, in a public school setting. And how's it going? (laughs) It's been an adventure. I bet. Yeah. Starting a school from the ground up is always an adventure, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's exciting to see what it can look like mm-hmm. and how it can be applied in those early years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has been exciting. And uh, we I, we started this idea before I even moved out there. So it's it's been in the works for a while. Um, and children's literature is an area I've always loved. I love reading with the children. I love um just spending that time and digging in with children's literature and Mm -hmm. pulling out conversation points and teaching around it. Um, That's personally what I love to do Mm -hmm. in the classroom and outside of the classroom. So getting a chance to move to the other side of it and Mm -hmm. create a book and enter the arena of children's literature as an author is just, it's a very exciting adventure. Mm So Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's so fascinating um, because, you know, as you think about, like for me as a mental health counselor, I've spent a lot of time working with children uh, throughout my career, um, some very young, you know, ages four, five, and six. And, um, you know, talk therapy is not a thing with, with really young kids. Um, and so I engage kids with a lot of playful yes. uh, methods and... Oftentimes, we're doing a lot of storytelling while mm-hmm. we're working together too. Um, storytelling through their play, storytelling yeah. through their um, their creative art, their whether art, that's yeah. in a sand tray or mm-hmm. with Play-Doh or um, you know just colors on a piece of paper, um, all different ways. But it's always um, amazing to me to see 
how much kids are able to express through these different mediums that have nothing to do with the words that they're saying. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so having a story like this um, in the in the dealing with some of the themes that we're going to talk about in terms of community and relationships and connections and grief and loss, uh, mental health, these kind of kind of big topics that would be really challenging to just talk about with kids. I mm -hmm. think this is a, a format that families, kids, parents may be able to, I guess, navigate some of that a little bit better than if they were to just sit down and like, hey, let's talk about, you know, what, what you're passionate about. Well, th that's a hard conversation for, for kids to be able to have. So, so kind of going on the other side of this then sure. as an author, I'm, I'm curious, like when you sat down to write this, what was, did you have a, an end goal in mind or, or just what was that starting that process like? Great question. Um, no, I did not have an end goal with this. Actually, selfishly, it was um, it was more for me mm -hmm. as a reflection point mm -hmm. in how to get my thoughts on the loss of the real Robert, the mm -hmm. real Rob, to get my thoughts out on how to reconcile that and how to think about that and mm -hmm. kind of what next. Yeah. Where do you go from here? Yeah. So it kind of came more as a reflection. And even sitting down to write that, that was not planned at all. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, I feel like the words were kind of uh, placed in my hands and in my heart mm -hmm. to kind of write this. And I uh, was actually driving to a friend's house for dinner and let them know, I am here, I am on time, but I'm not coming in until I get this all out and just sat in the parking lot and wrote it. Mm -hmm. So... There's, yeah, it, it was not planned in any way, shape, or form. Um, but after I started to write it and kind of read it, I shared it with another friend from the program, from our experiential education program. Mm -hmm. And it was it was helpful and healing for her. And I kind of started to roll with it. And part of the way I was writing it when I was reflecting is how would I share his story and share kind of the brilliance of his light and how would I, how do I continue to carry that mm -hmm. in, a, in a positive way? Mm -hmm. And then again, the healing piece, how do I reconcile the loss? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of that mindset that I had and carried um, when I wrote it. So kind of a beautiful, um, yeah, event of, or, mm -hmm. you know, not, not an anticipating anything coming from it. Yeah. And you weren't producing no, something no. for someone else. This is something that yeah. kind of emerged out of your own just exactly. thoughts and feelings. Exactly. And I feel like I tend to trust things that mm -hmm. I'm not piloting mm -hmm. and that I feel that it was, it was put in my hands for yeah. a reason. And yeah. that is what has helped me move forward with it. Um, especially when the fear comes up of this is too big. I don't know sure. what I'm doing. I've never done this before. Um, mm -hmm. And how am I going to do it to really be meaningful and honoring? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of emotion tied up in this story, and yeah. so to move forward with it uh, cautiously, but with a a sense of carrying out with purpose, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So and yeah, this is a, yeah no this is this is an experience that's near to you. You're not writing yeah. kind of about something, but you're you're yes. expressing something through yes. through this. Yeah. So then, when Jason, did you get kind of involved in this process or project of then producing something? Hmm. When I knocked on your studio door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Haley came over and, and yeah. we talked about mm-hmm. this. She sort of presented the story and and it started kind of a slow mm-hmm. development. Mm-hmm. My process has a lot to do with not knowing too. And so when I kind of took in her story, mm-hmm. um, I let it sit for a while and then came back to it. Mm-hmm. And... And I produced some very rough thumbnail sketches that I would email mm-hmm. out to Haley and, and just let her know, first of all, that I'm paying attention to it, that I, you know, it, it is on my mind, mm-hmm. but also to get a little feedback on how does, how do these scribbles look? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did the whole book in sort of a scribble format, little tiny sketches. Mm-hmm. And then I bound a dummy book for the next round of iterations. And I, I put those little thumbnails in the corner mm-hmm. and then did a, a bigger version, trying to refine based on Haley's uh, feedback and kind of my mm-hmm. incubation on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think through the course of it, I probably drew these pages four times each. Uh, not really your question, but we we linked down the road to mm-hmm. uh, to process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So this obviously is an experience that is close for you as well, because this is, um, you know, as we were chatting before we hit the record button, this isn't a biography, right. um, but it is a reflection of someone's character mm-hmm. and their experiences. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, if I could just ask you guys to talk a little bit about that in terms of like how the book is connected to something, you know, real, a real story, but really yeah. is its own story yeah. as well. Yes. So as I mentioned, we met in grad school in the experiential education program. And uh, what I'll say about that program too is the community that came out of that is probably the most impactful um, experience I've had in a, in a while. And mm. that that community was strong. It was unique and it was beautiful. Um, people from all over the U.S. and and outside of the U.S. And it mm-hmm. was an in-person class, a small cohort, mm-hmm. and we really spent a lot of time with each other and just. I felt like so many people in that program were deep thinkers and creatives and they just, you tend to go deep and make these lasting connections Mm -hmm. and just an inspiring group of people. And really broad backgrounds. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like professional kayak paddler and elementary education and an artist and, you know, people knew how to, I met a guy who knew how to how to rescue people from a school bus. Yeah. 
how to cut apart a school bus to mm. rescue people. Just really fascinating yes. interactions happening yeah. in this cohort. Yes. I agree a that. lot of diversity, but still there for a kind of a unified purpose within the program. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. They they want to be able to actually get through to people with, mm -hmm. with education. Yeah. yeah. To really connect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that is where we met the real Rob. And mm -hmm. so in the book, up there, there he is mm -hmm. on the cover. Um, yeah. That is in the book. He is Sir Robert III. Mm -hmm. And we... We didn't change his name, but mm -hmm. he is based off of the real Rob. And we met him in the program, and he was just like we were saying, authentic, creative, unique. Mm -hmm. um, he worked in different outdoor education settings. So you see that come across a little bit in the story. Now in the story, channeled more of Galileo. Mm -hmm. And so he studies mm -hmm. the stars in the stories yeah. and teaches others about the stars. Um, but it still draws in the experiences of going on expeditions, which mm -hmm. is something the real Rob did. And he would go on his own and he would lead others out mm -hmm. in the field. Okay. Um, and I think he just brought a, a great perspective to things and just very authentic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I saw, him, I saw him really leaning into people. Yes. Really trying to understand yes. them. Yeah. You felt yeah. known in yeah. his presence. So I think that was something unique about him, that he, you could just be meeting him for the first time, but you felt like you were known and you felt a connection. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that's also evidenced. Um, he is from New Jersey, but did his undergrad program in Kentucky and then ended up here for grad school in Minnesota. Mm. And the pockets of people in the communities, especially after he passed away unexpectedly, to see these mm. communities come together and to hear people's stories about him and the impact that he had in their lives mm -hmm. from all over. I think that speaks volumes too on mm -hmm. his impact and the light that he, the light and the connection that he brought to other people and his communities. Which, which seems to be a, a very central theme to the book itself. The character of Sir Robert um, is closely connected with his community and mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of joy and happiness that happens yeah. through those connections when when he's there and present with them whether that's just enjoying company or yeah going on a journey looking at the stars learning those kind of things um, but then there was a lot of solo time in the story for sir robert as well and that seems again to be kind of a reflection of um, the, the Rob that you yes. guys know through your program. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And as you said, it's not a, this book is not a biography, but trying to capture those character traits. Mm -hmm. And I think he was a deep thinker and mm -hmm. very aware and spent a lot of time reflecting on things and questioning. And that's a piece in the story as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and the value of exploring, exploring nature, exploring the world around you and seeking understanding and asking questions and questioning for him for, him for faith too. And, mm -hmm. you know, exploring those pieces as well. And what is, what does that look like? Um, his faith and his science mm -hmm. and studying psychology mm -hmm. and the brain, asking a lot of big and deep questions and having profound conversations mm -hmm. with others. So I think there was mm -hmm. a, a balance from what I 
could gather of thinking inwardly and having those sol- those moments of solitude to reflect, yeah. but also knowing the importance of community. Yeah. Um, and he had written a piece on that too after he finished the AT trail and writing the need and the appreciation for the community he met along the way that he didn't have, I I mean, a new community, new people Mm -hmm. he met Mm -hmm. and the importance of meeting Mm -hmm. and counting on other people along the way. So, and And that's, yeah, that's another kind of pocket of people like these long trail hikers through hikers, um, that, that is its own kind of distinct and separate community and, um, something that, yeah, people form bonds and connections out on the trail that are extend far beyond, you know, the time that they share uh, walking together. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he felt that. So um, th- there's, can I ask a, a illustration question? Yeah. Here? <laughs> I'm yeah. wondering because um, you, you were talking about the, uh, the black ink being such a big, you know, that's the primary format here, right? right? That, that all of this there's on the different images and through the different pages, there seems to be really stark contrast between the moments when like, uh, I don't remember exactly what page it is, but he's, he's back, uh, in the community. There's like a big party, something about enjoying cheese. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was, mm-hmm. was kind of going to ask about <laughs> that, but, um, but it's a very bright, like there's very little darkness in that image. Um, Mm -hmm. But then to contrast that, there are other pages, especially ones as they start talking about the dark forest Mm -hmm. where it's exceptionally dark. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost like at times difficult to make out what some of the uh, specific images even are because it's, it's just so dark. Um, This is a great question. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, preparing to answer yeah so so this this contrast i guess it's a two-part question uh one is i just want to hear your kind of thought process behind that and what what you're trying to communicate but then um the the second question is just from a communication standpoint what what are you trying to convey to the audience as they're looking at these images. So I know I, I don't like asking multiple questions yeah. on top of each other, I but can I did it. this time. <laughs> I can manage it. So, uh, you know, mo- most of the pages have this kind of format where there's a sort of a ragged edge outline. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you get the sense that it's an old book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so, so, you know, in this case, there's this image that's sort of bleeding at the edge, but, but there's a context, mm-hmm. these sort of ragged pages mm-hmm. is a context that reminds you that this is a story. This is a book mm-hmm. and, and page after page that's present, yep. you know, so, so it becomes this world. The book becomes this world. But what you astutely noticed is that there are moments when that world gets broken out of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's one of the images. Yeah, there are pages where that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. and the blackness just goes to the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, or this one. Yeah, and both of these refer to the dark forest. Yeah, which, as an illustrator, I struggled with. I 
I had a lot of iterations on how to how to illustrate this as a geographic place. Mm-hmm. What what would it look like if I took a camera to the dark forest? Mm-hmm. Um, but with time, I realized that that's not the point. This isn't about walking around a region. It's more internal. Mm. So, so I'm using the format. I'm, I'm sort of setting up this world that you get used to page after page after page so I can break it mm-hmm. so, that, so that it feels very abrupt. Mm-hmm. I want it to feel abrupt. I want it to feel different, um, a little frightening. Yeah. And, and that is part of relaying the internal communication that that we're trying to get at yeah so it's it's like the book's body language sort of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i remember learning about the book where the wild things are Mm. there's there's something that happens in that book that i i didn't realize until someone showed me page after page the the area that the illustration takes up grows Mm. So it starts framed inside Mm -hmm. of sort of white space. And it's Mm -hmm. this story that you read and you see the pictures and and you don't notice it. It's sort of Mm -hmm. like boiling a frog Mm -hmm. little by little that space is growing until Mm -hmm. it's all the way to the edge of the book. Mm. And, And what's happening in the story correlates. Our character is getting more and more immersed in his imagination, mm-hmm. traveling away from home to this mm-hmm. place that's other. Yeah. And then and then when he comes home, it sort of shrinks back. Yeah. So yeah. this is a little bit of an homage to that idea that the format can say something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. It was to to be able to understand that now is really, really helpful for me. But it was very, like you said, noticeable to me as well. Um, you know, reading it probably four or five times just Mm. in the last 24 hours. Um, there were things that I noticed as I read it the fourth or fifth time that I certainly didn't catch the first or second time. That's really good to hear Mm -hmm. as an artist. And I think this project, um, I always want there to be a reward for looking closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes you sacrifice that initial sort of flashy appeal mm-hmm. in order to be able to get that depth. But, you know, Haley just just described something that I didn't realize about the story. And, and that you're saying that you see new things when, when you look at it again. Mm-hmm. All of that... Um, I think is exactly what we want to do. Yeah. We want to hit this ambiguity yes. that is just so. Yeah. So that we we say something about our friend Rob mm-hmm. and we say something to the reader. And sometimes they're not words mm-hmm. that we're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're communicating something that, that needs to be discovered. Yeah. So... So let's talk a little bit more about the dark forest, because as you were describing, you know, this idea of a geographic place, but 
that it isn't a geographic place. It's something more internal. Um, so yeah, Haley, can, can you kind of describe this, why the dark forest and, and kind of what that, what that's all about? Sure. Well, every story needs a villain. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could say the dark forest is the villain in this story. And yeah, as you said, and I like how you worded that, not necessarily a region. And I too had pictures, um, had a hard time picturing what it would actually look like. I, I couldn't quite get there either. It was just a, it was almost a state of mind or a place. And I think mm -hmm. the representation of that is um, having it in the story where you know that it's heavy, it's dark, it's not a place you necessarily want to go or be in, um, but you know that it's there. Yeah. And I think we wanted to keep it a little bit vague too so it is relatable to the reader so they can sit in their current situations or their their own stories and relate it back to this story. Mm -hmm. So keeping it a little bit vague intentionally um, to, yeah, for that purpose. Um, and it can be, it can be a lot of things yeah. and it can be mental health. It can mm -hmm. be um, just death or loss. Um, kind of, those were kind of the, the feelings I had in mind mm -hmm. when writing it. Yeah. Um, and the characters in the story, they know of the dark forest. And I think just in real life, you know, you know of those places um, and or the, those hard situations, those hard moments or what loss can feel like. It can feel like a separation. Mm -hmm. it, it is in a sense. Yeah. Um, so in the story, the characters know of the dark forest. They know it holds a presence and a place in their, in their world, in their kingdom, mm -hmm. but they know to avoid it. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, it has a presence. It yeah. has that villain, villainous presence. Um, and then how to portray that, that was hard. And I like how Jason ended up using thorns, the mm -hmm. idea we knew it was going to be tangled, messy. It would try to hold you in yeah. it, whatever this place was, whatever this dark force feeling, mm -hmm. this place. Um, it wouldn't be pretty and it wouldn't be neat and orderly. It's yeah. going to be messy and tangled. And I think the thorns helps um, for another reason, which we haven't really pointed out yet, uh, which I'm going to if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason has brilliantly put bubbles around the main character, so Robert, mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. every page. So mm -hmm. if you, that's again another thing, if you look closely, there yeah. are bubbles and that's that splash of light too on each page mm -hmm. that kind of contrasts the the darker setting and mm -hmm. that's again very intentional but those lights that are the bubbles that's how we decided to portray the light mm -hmm. that we want people to kind of grapple with and understand that sir robert about his character you know that mm -hmm. deeper sense um that draws people to him mm -hmm. um and that that joy so we portrayed it through bubbles yeah so that's the splash of light on every page, except for, you know, when we're yeah, introing the, the dark yeah, forest yeah. when it's not there. Um, so that comes into play later with, with the thorns mm -hmm. and the bubbles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, um, again, for, for me as a, as a mental health counselor, like to hear the dark forest being kind of a representation of, um, mental health issues, uh, whether that be, you know, 
depression or, or something along those lines, that there's a darkness to it, but there's yeah. still um, the thorns, obviously, once you're kind of in it, it's really hard to get out of that. Um, but there's also a sense of like, it's almost like kind of beckoning or like drawing yeah. Sir Rob yeah. into this. And, and maybe the, even other people in the community, like there's this sense of like, I know that's not where I want to be, but there's this kind of sense of it drawing, drawing me in. And yeah. like there are so many folks that I visited with over the years that have that experience of mental health whatever it is, it's like, I see it. I know I don't want to go there, but yet I find myself back in it, you know, like time and time again, even in spite of some really strong efforts to stay yeah. out of it. Um, but it's still something that it doesn't go away. It's just, it's a presence. And that's, I think, helpful in having it as a geographic location because it it's there. It's not going anywhere. It's taking up space. It's occupying space. Mm. Um, but it's how how close am I to it? Am I getting drawn into it? Am I stuck in it? Am I am I just able to see it? You know, from a distance and say, yep, I, you know, maybe in my health and wellness as I'm connected with other people, I can I can still see it, even in those really really good times. So I just that that was something that really stood out to me about the presence of the dark forest as kind of a constant throughout the book like it gets introduced right away mm -hmm. but then it's it's there at the end as well yeah and that was one of the challenges of the story too how do you how do you navigate darkness and light mm -hmm. in our world and that is something like you said i think it's both of those pieces are present in the world we live in in the in this time that mm -hmm. we are in um and it's it's there, but what words do you listen to? And it's hard. And I think in this story, the dark forest whispers those words mm -hmm. and only Sir Robert can hear them. And that's kind of also a, a piece of it, I feel like, from not, not mm -hmm. having any experience in the mental yeah. health field. But um, thinking about you, you don't always get to see the inward journey and mm -hmm. he, hear, you don't always know the words that other people are hearing mm -hmm. and those things that become maybe truth over yeah. just background noise, those words that can sink in and hit hard and become a, a, a truth to mm -hmm. an individual, mm -hmm. even if they start out as those, just those whispers that are kind of there. So I think that was part of what we wanted to draw on with yeah. the dark forest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, <laughs> we all have our internal dialogue yeah. about <laughs> that's kind of running all the time anyway. And uh, so without intentional focus on that sometimes it yeah some truths quote yeah. unquote settle in there yeah. that 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 aren't really yes. based in truth um but unaddressed they kind of set up camp and, and live there um so you know the this idea that um sir rob is He's this kind of gregarious, outgoing, um, positive person that that's inspiring others, that that draws people in. But then also he has this internal world that is, you know, struggling with darkness, struggling with, um, you know, maybe that internal dialogue. But that ends up kind of consuming him. Yeah. 
in the end of the book. And so I, I guess I want to hear you guys kind of talk a little bit about how you navigated that both from a textual standpoint, but also from a visual standpoint of this um, abrupt end to Sir, Sir Robert. I think that's a keyword right there with abrupt. And that is how it felt in real life. Mm. It was, you know, we, we think about it. It's sometimes those sunny, happy, calm Tuesday mornings that will find you meeting an abrupt, abrupt situation or um, where grief finds you, sneaks in and just hits you. Um, and I wanted this was hard. I mean, we we had in mind, and we knew it's gonna it was going to be a children's book, mm-hmm. and that in itself has been a challenge of how do you approach the topic of grief and loss and death, death yeah. with children yeah. and keep it um, in a in a place where they'll be engaged and they'll like the story, but also be able to draw on it and have those real life conversations mm-hmm. and still have an impact. Um, so the main character in the story, he disappears. He doesn't return at the end of the story. Um, and that was hard to figure out how to approach at a, at a children's level. Right. Um, however, I think the whole time we both knew it had to be abrupt. So we wanted to kind of build some suspense. He goes out on a journey. He has those fun and lively moments with his community ahead of mm-hmm. time. They present him with a helmet because they know they can't go with him on this next journey. Journey, It's a solo journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but they trust his steps. He's great at navigating. They, you know, they expect him to return. Um, and then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And those bubbles pop and disappear on mm-hmm. the pages. And that's one of my favorite things with the illustrations too. I mean, it's very hard to figure out how do we, how do we remove him? How do we build that? Mm-hmm. He's just going to be gone. And still keep it, again, universal. So we don't resolve that in the story, what happens to him, because Mm -hmm. that's part of the aim and the message and the goal of the story is to be able to talk through. There are a lot of things that we don't get to understand. Mm -hmm. And we're going to, there are going to be times you you might sit in questions, um, especially related to loss. And those questions are hard and heavy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then what do you do from that? So, it doesn't necessarily get resolved. You know, he goes into the dark forest and the bubbles pop and you see that he disappears or what you know of him mm-hmm. disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, but those bubbles, then you start to recognize the bubbles, the light from those bubbles and the other pages, they're just dispersed. So we mm-hmm. wanted that to be a way to kind of talk about sitting in those hard moments mm-hmm. of loss. And then what next? How can you look and see the impact um, and see that they're those important pieces are still with you and around you and mm-hmm. you can learn to identify them mm-hmm. and move forward and you get to carry a little bit of that mm-hmm. light with you mm-hmm. as you carry on. So that is probably not <laughs> what no, you asked. No, that is, that is. Yeah. Okay. J- Jason, what do you want to, what do you want to add to, to that? What, what can you layer on it? Well, the book exists because of trauma. You know, it's it's a, a reaction to that, and it's an attempt to mentor others through it. 
So as I talked about the setting up the pages and then breaking that, um, we sort of set up a, a persona that just vanishes. Um, and, you know, hopefully that's, that's a safe parallel to something that might happen to somebody. Um, and we might, we might be preparing somebody or helping somebody to, to reflect on the disappearance of a beautiful human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, again, I think back on, you know, all of the time that I've spent working with kids in a therapeutic setting and how I won't even say death. I'll, I'll even go so far as to just say the loss of a relationship with mm -hmm. someone that, mm -hmm. you know, sure. so, someone is there and present in their life that they feel connected to. And then all of a sudden they're not, they're not there anymore. You know, at the very beginning, when we sat down talking, you had mentioned your interest in attachment, yeah. you know, and so yeah. for me as a therapist, also just a super important concept for mm -hmm. working with anybody we yeah. all have our attachment um even as adults that's still something that's at play in our interpersonal relationships but the the, the tremendous difficulty of this person's here and now all of a sudden they're yeah. not you know and like why mm -hmm. and for i would say a good percentage of kids that I've worked with over the years, there's a sense of what did I do wrong or how did I cause this to happen, right? Because developmentally as kids, right, everything is about me. You know, I am, I am the, the cause and creator of everything in my life. And so then when something bad happens, well, I'm attributing that to myself as well. And, and then at times, even like the, the death of a loved one, whether that's a a grandparent or even a parent or something um, that they, that it's very common for kids to think, well, I had something to do with this. And as adults, we say, well, logically that doesn't make sense, but then how do you try and convince or communicate that? Hmm. Um, it's not enough to just say so. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't. So that's part of what we're trying to do. Yeah. I think trying to provide a tool. Yeah, I think, and it, exactly. it, it allows space for that kind of conversation uh, around issues of loss and mm -hmm. uh, whether that's through death or just through yeah. separation. I have, I have to say, uh, as a Christian, I, I can't avoid that worldview that's, that affects what the decisions that I made. Mm -hmm. And the... Um, the loss of a relationship, um, a, a good thing that disappears, to me is a symptom of the fallen world. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I chose thorns for the dark forest. And those thorns destroy the beautiful bubbles. Mm -hmm. You know, they invade. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's... <clears throat> That's a, an undercurrent that isn't explicitly stated mm -hmm. that what we're witnessing is a symptom of a fallen sinful world. 
Yeah, I, you know, I know that, um, you know, as both of you have kind of talked about this, that that idea of like faith and spirituality and wonder, kind of wondering, kind of searching, um, all of those themes are here too. But um, when it, as the book shifts towards the end, there is a sense of like change in connection. It where where it's like. Okay, there's a loss here, but there's still a that connection actually is actually still there. It's just different. It's mm-hmm. changed somehow, and so I wonder. I don't know if if you're looking at that from, uh, like a, from a faith perspective, or if there's something else kind of coming in there. I don't know. Can you guys talk about that piece? I think it would be fair to say we bring that lens personally of having a faith background. Um, but we didn't directly as in our wording, um, or I didn't, I guess with the words directly, um, talk about faith in the story, Mm -hmm. but I wanted, Mm -hmm. I wanted there's to still be elements there that you can, you can relate to and draw into for if you um, if you do have a faith-based background, mm-hmm. that you can s- insert those pieces pretty easily, mm-hmm. and where it, it still can point to mm-hmm. the hope um, and point to those pieces, but then also still, death is a universal element, mm-hmm. and so I still wanted there to be, um, I wanted it to be a tool for anyone who needs it. Mm-hmm. And for it to be healing or helpful for any child, any family. Mm-hmm. So to still have those, the pieces where it's maybe not directly mm-hmm. um, talking about God in it, mm-hmm. but just having kind of elements there. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. it ignites questioning. In the end, it ignites um, Sir Robert's kind of legacy and presence, ignites questioning in the other villagers. Mm-hmm. And they begin to kind of wonder as well. And I kind of have this hope as well that that translates to others. Maybe those, maybe people will start questioning or just wondering. Um, and then, yeah, so it's, there is a hope, there is a sense of hope, but I think, you know, we have both of those things in our world. We have sorrow and we have joy deeply. They are intertwined and, um, but I didn't want it to just end with sitting in those questions, obviously. No mm-hmm. one wants to. And mm-hmm. though it doesn't resolve in necessarily the way our human minds and hearts would want a story to resolve mm-hmm. with a very easy to digest happy ending, it does resolve with what can you do and what are the good things that have come from this. And again, you if you even when you don't get to know the whys or what happened, um, or you sit with, could we have done something? different um or what if this had played out in another way sure um you can start to see the pieces of the one that you lost even again if it's just a relationship what mm-hmm. are the good things that you can take from that relationship i mean hopefully you can find them mm-hmm. and and hopefully if it was a a positive relationship you have those pieces sitting in your heart and in your mind and you can kind of carry them with you mm-hmm. and you get that you get mm-hmm. to carry that with you and hopefully shine your light a little bit brighter um and you get to see and sometimes it's internal like that 
And sometimes I think it is external, like mm-hmm. places sure. where you have maybe a happy memory associations with that person. Um, and you go back to that place and it might hit you still with pain, but maybe it's also a healing place or you see their light there or their touches, their reaches. So that's never, I don't think that's gone even when the physical presence of someone is gone. I think there's that hope and there's that understanding that it, their their character, yeah. their lessons, yeah. their imprint mm-hmm. is still with you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you get to carry that. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that word imprint. Yeah. That, that's, um, well, I, I mean, I think about even in my own life, um, I was real close with, uh, my grandfather. And one of the things that we always did when I, as a kid, when I would go visit him, um, is that we would play cribbage. He taught me how to play cribbage and he'd, he'd, uh, he'd always beat me. He'd always win every once in a while. I, I get one over on him, but, um, I can't. I can't play cribbage and not think of my grandpa Hoot. Yeah, Hoot was his nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't, like he is with me mm-hmm. like anytime I pull out the cribbage board. And uh, I played a ton of cribbage with my kids throughout like COVID and lockdown and things like that. And it's still something that we play really regularly. And so it was something that now I've kind of passed on yeah. to my kids and something that I've enjoyed. But it's during that time allowed me to tell some stories about Grandpa Hoot, who they never met. They didn't have that that opportunity um, to get to know him, but I get to share that with him. So that that's you know for me that's where my mind went towards the end of this. Like oh here here's that kind of tangible example of a way that somebody that I've lost has imprinted on me, and there are elements of him that I carry with me. Um, and so then trying to communicate that with children, whether that's my own or, or in the therapy setting, um, it's helping them recall and kind of crystallize certain stories, moments, experiences of how that person that they lost has impacted them and in some ways changed them. Like the people in the story are changed they're distinctly different because of their connection to sir robert right Mm -hmm. and that's so much for for us to be able to um move forward from loss and grief is to try and make some sense and meaning out of it and one way to do that is to say well how am i carrying this person with me how have i been changed or What's the imprint that they've left on me or on my life or my experiences? This is one of my favorite illustrations Hmm. Jason did. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that kind of shows that inhale of the the recovery Mm -hmm. after the Mm -hmm. loss in the kind of, I don't know, it it almost to me looks like like an inhale and you can kind of see the peace and the light and kind of reflecting on her. Mm-hmm. I, that's one of my favorite illustrations mm-hmm. that you did, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> it's a portrait of my daughter when she was much younger. I love that. And I love the personal tie into it too. Yeah. Well, you, you have a lot of personal connection now. I mean, like generational connections with the, the illustrations that you've done for this do. with your grandmother and your daughter. I do. Yeah. And, and with Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with Haley, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that tends to happen when 
when you're going to make something, you know, you're, you're standing between your influences and the ones you influence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the past informs me and hopefully I inform the future with these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a lot of thoughts when you were just talking. Oh, uh, isn't it satisfying to hear him get it? Yeah. <laughs> We've been working so long yeah. on trying to communicate yeah. accurately. Yes. And so many little decisions here and there. And and as it gets further on, the decisions get more and more minute, like this comma or not. Yes. But, mm. um, but it's refreshing to have someone see it freshly and pull out of it what we intend. Mm. Yeah, it's it, very encouraging. It's working. Because <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I think you said maybe it's been three years since we started. At least, yeah. Yeah. So you kind of get lost in the sauce and you don't really know mm. yeah. mm -hmm. how it looks anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good way to put it. And and in all of those discussions with how will it be interpreted and will this come across exactly what, what you're saying. Um, and we had talked about before, Jason and I, that this story is unique. The illustrations are unique. And mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. And our experience in the experiential education program was unique. Um, and we kind of worried, will this book have a home? It's, it's a harder topic. So yeah. it's not... Uh, a board book or a bright, colorful, humorous children's mm -hmm. book that mm -hmm. people gravitate towards. Yeah. I do too. That's what I was hoping it's, when it's I first not wrote. It's a Piggy and yes. Gerald book. No, it's not. And I love those stories. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was too. hoping to make yeah. one. And yeah. um, Maybe maybe next time. <laughs> maybe the next one will have a little bit of a lighter story. But it's, and I think we both can bring our own intensities to our art mm -hmm. as well or mm -hmm. to our craft Um so there was a lot of concern with, is it too heavy? Will it be, how do, How will this translate? Um, and will it be meaningful? So it is really refreshing. Yeah, no, this, this, in my mind, this is a meaningful book and it needs to be a book on the shelf um, in the home, in the counseling office, um, at the hospital. Like, I mean, there are so many places where this book will have a home needs needs to have a home and and you're right it isn't one that um you know maybe like oh it's tuesday night and we're going to read stories before bed and you know we we pull this one out it, it could be i could see that um for kids that maybe have had that experience and need that reminder yeah that kind of comfort to be able to just go back to that space of mm -hmm. I'm, I'm feeling heavy or sad with this um and this is kind of an outlet or connection for that. So it definitely could be one that's read, you know, with some frequency for some kids. But I think strategically, there's um, a really important place for this book um, when you are caring for a kid and you know that they have to figure out and navigate loss and this idea of mental health. Um, mm -hmm. And even if it's as an introduction to it, I think this is a great place to start some of those conversations. I have a thought. Yeah. Go for it. Um, I've heard it said that art, a great artwork needs to be about what it is to be a human. Mm. 
the human experience or the human condition. And um, I think that's what this is about. It's not mm -hmm. entertainment. It's not candy. Mm -hmm. You know, so you don't you don't go to this book for a good time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but you do go to this book, I think, uh, to share in humanity, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to see that uh, others feel this. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I see this being right next to some of my Max Licato books yeah. that I have. I mean, like I've I've used those in therapy with kids for forever, mm -hmm. um, and you know, there, there's a there's a new series, and I'm gonna forget the author's name right now. But it's what do you do with a problem? Yes, and what do you do with an idea? Yes, and what do you do with a chance? And what do you do with a chance? Yes. Yep. Um, do you remember the author? I, uh, it starts with a K, doesn't it? Yeah, Kobe. Yamada? Yeah. Kobe. Yeah. Yes. Yep. We got it. <laughs> I'll, in these books, you know, I'll, I'll link in the show notes because I think they're all in that, that theme, but it's, it, there's a, there's a beauty yeah. to these books. Um, and they aren't again, ones that you're just reading to pass time. They're more intentional. You're, you're reading them with purpose. And I think that's this, this is a book right on the shelf next to those. Can so. I tell you something mm -hmm. about those? Uh, those books are on my shelf at home. Yeah. I, I have my school books that mm -hmm. I read to my kids all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I have my ones that sit on my shelf at home that like, are very precious. And I, I, you know, I'll bring them in and share them, but I'm not going to keep them mm -hmm. in the classroom. Yeah. Uh, and those, those books are on my bookshelf at home. Mm -hmm. And I still read them as an adult and yeah. draw so much meaning out of them. And mm -hmm. those are the books that actually, that was what guided me mm -hmm. with this style. Like, mm. Okay, he did it. And I didn't know that. He did. I yeah, did, you I didn't did well. <laughs> never mention yeah. that. Yeah, so I looked at his illustrations and his mm -hmm. style mm -hmm. and the messages that you could pull as an adult from those mm -hmm. books. And that was part of what influenced the story actually. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. funny that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about um, timing. When when are people going to be able to see this book and what needs to happen, I guess, before, before that day? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, hoping for a beginning of October release, end of September, beginning of October okay. book release. And we are definitely in the thick of navigating what the launch will look like, what the release will look like. Uh, this book is being published and printed with Wise Inc. Publishing, Creative Publishing in Minneapolis. Okay. So they are part of our team and have been wonderful in mm -hmm. helping us move forward with this project. Yeah, I'm and sure you're facilitating. having to learn a whole new set of processes with oh, yeah. publishing a book that you didn't know you mm -hmm. needed to know. <laughs> It's been very mm -hmm. experiential. Yes. And yeah. I, I want to ask you, I, I think th there's an influence there that you, you and I think I have treated this project influenced by experiential education. Uh, there's a restraint. We resist saying some things. Mm -hmm. We resist mm -hmm. giving answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think to try to draw out something. Your own interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. To try to prompt the reader. The mm -hmm. reflection piece. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. 
I think whether or not I thought about that the whole time, that I think that piece is there. Mm-hmm. I, you've used uh, our background in experiential education. It's a lot on questioning and drawing out reflection and kind of your own conclusions and the process. It's thick in process and processing. Um, and we talk a lot about, or we did in our courses, using art, using writing as a way of reflecting and processing um, the experiences you have. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. how it started. You were, ref- it started. you were reflecting. It was a reflection. And you're right. And we based don't. Based on an experience. Based on an experience. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And it just kind of kept growing. And that's part of the cycle. Then what, what do you do next with that? Mm-hmm. And and he, Jason has used that with me mm-hmm. with different, what do we want to do next? Where I would, even in that context, where I'd want an answer. You tell me. <laughs> I resist. I won't give you answers. Tell me how I should word this and tell yeah. me if that's the right approach for this. Yeah, I'll try and, to lead you to lead you uh-huh. to your own answer. Yes, and he'll come back mm-hmm. with more questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of this story. And I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like there's a stance. Yeah. This mm-hmm. book has a stance that it, mm-hmm. it won't just tell you, here's what happened, here's what you should do. Yeah. It just presents. This is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can I can appreciate that experiential learning cycle. It's as an educator, absolutely something that I try and build into my courses um, as I educate future counselors because they need to have time to sit with their own experiences <laughs> and create some new ideas out of that and go test them out. Yes. Right. So that yeah. that's I hear that cycle happening you know over and over on itself as you guys have gotten to this point of of having a finished product that Mm -hmm. that it's it's ready to be shown to the world right yeah to circle back that's exactly so it is it is very new i think it's constantly between us and our team at wise inc discussion reflection changes move forward Mm -hmm. discussion reflection changes next step. Mm-hmm. And um, so we are, the book itself is ready to go to print. It's it's sitting there. It's ready. We are excited. It's in that process. Um, so it kind of feels like the final stage in that leading up to the release. And now which is Which is crazy. It is. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. It's Well, it's been a while, but, but talk to yourself three years ago. Pacing you know? back and forth, a nervous wreck in your studio. Yeah, with this pitch? Complete, yeah, completely, <laughs> completely unsure. You know, is this a thing? Is I it anything? This idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be nothing. Could be something. Mm-hmm. Probably will be nothing. That's where right. we started. Yeah. But, but you determined that it won't be nothing. Mm-hmm. You, you decided that this has to exist somehow. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you. You've been very you. brave about... <laughs> about something that intimidates you but it's mm-hmm. like you needed to do it more than you were afraid of it well i'm also going to bring this back to you back in that first studio session mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the fears possibly speaking louder than the idea mm-hmm. at that moment in time mm-hmm. um jason said i don't know i think i told you I reminded you of this, but he said, if this story was placed in your hands, be a good steward of the Lord and deliver it. And mm. that has meant so much. Mm. 
And I've carried that to, yeah, throughout this whole process. Anytime the fear starts to get loud again mm-hmm. and that, well, I've never done this before, so I can't do this. Um, those words, uh, it's it's time to deliver it. Mm-hmm. And how fortunate that I get to be the one to help deliver this story. So that has to be stronger. That's that pull. That has to be stronger than anything else to deliver this story. So because you have to acknowledge the fear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've said you don't have a place doing this. You don't you don't you're not an author, I'm you not, feel like you're yeah. you don't publish books, but but here you are. Yeah. With a book. Yeah. Way to go. Thank you. I love I love the gratitude. I do. I'm I'm all about that. And so just hearing you guys share that appreciation for one another and how you've impacted one another through this process in such a positive way to to bring this. I I just I'm I'm grateful that um I get to be a part of, you know, sharing this with people too. So that that's uh Jason, thank you for prompting this discussion and uh and sure. Haley you. for your bravery and coming in and doing this um it's just yeah. been a fantastic discussion with you guys i've appreciated the insights and um again just creating some meaning around this really important project that you guys have just poured yourselves into and and in very personal ways both of you uh, so it's a it's a treasure, um, and uh, I'm I'm so excited for both of you. Thank, Thank you, Ben. You. Thank you. It's been a joy to get to be here mm-hmm. and have this conversation. This is the first first real conversation we've had um, outside of outside of planning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, get ready because you're going to have lots more, I think, and uh, and there'll be plenty of opportunities uh, to share a lot of what we t- talked about today and and even more. So it's just fantastic. So, Jason, thanks. It's been great having you in the studio, Haley. It's been awesome visiting with you and getting to know both of you through this process. Um, again, I'll have links in the show notes um as things are available yeah and we'll provide more with the launch yep absolutely absolutely so um that people can you know hopefully attend and and see some of these things in person and uh and be ready to purchase the book when it's available all right thank you thanks a big thank you to Haley and Jason for joining the WellMind community, and thank you for spending your time with me today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please check out previous episodes and subscribe through your podcast app so that you automatically get the latest episode. Also, consider taking a moment to review the show if you found our discussion meaningful to you. Word of mouth is great too. let people know about the WellMind podcast and spread the word. Please check out the links in the show notes for more information on the upcoming book, Stars in the Sky. Many thanks to the staff here in the Bethany Lutheran College podcast studio. Seth and Greg are tremendous in providing technical support and editing for the podcast. Special thanks, as always, to Lauren McMacken for designing the logo and the cover art. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be well.